Hi again, everyone. I'm Ed Clements along with Ben Clements, and welcome to the End Zone Club on KLBJ Radio as we broadcast live from Fort Worth, the scene of the Longhorns and the Frogs, in about 35 minutes. Our show proudly brought to you by Plains Capital Bank. Howie Breen and Herman, attorneys at law. Covert in Bastrop. Pokey Joe's Barbecue. Sue Patrick at 5222 Burnett Road. Delaware Subs, where they have two-for-one cheesesteaks tomorrow. And by S&B Amusements. Uh, ben, we are in Fort Worth, TCU in Texas. Uh, last year, TCU handed the Longhorns a loss at DKR Texas Memorial Stadium. Texas would try to like to pay the favor back tonight to Sonny Dykes, but here's the first fact of the night. Sonny Dykes has never lost to uh, the Texas Longhorns. Big game for the Longhorns, big game for TCU, trying to get bowl eligible. Yeah, Pop, it's a big game tonight for the Longhorns. We already have... Um, a lot of controversy brewing with the Big 12 race right now. Oklahoma State, uh, it's, it's a question if they'll be in the Big 12 championship. Obviously, Oklahoma, they have lost a couple. Who will be those two teams in the Big 12 championship tonight? The Longhorns need to seal a victory to be one step closer to the Big 12 championship. But TCU and Sunny Dykes might have something to say about that. Uh, they might have something to say about it. Texas, a 12-and-a-half-point favorite entering mm-hmm. tonight's game. But as I just said, uh, Sunny's never lost to uh, the Texas Longhorns and TCU has really uh, been dominant over Texas the last dozen years. Luckily for Steve Sarkeesian, though, he has his quarterback back. The man, Quinn Ewers, will be making his first appearance playing for Longhorns in three weeks. I've never seen a line go up quicker than, was it was it Wednesday? That, that Steve Thursday. Sarke- Thursday. Thursday, Steve Sarkeesian made the announcement, Quinn Ewers is going up. And as soon as I saw that, I went to, uh, to ESPN to look at the line, and all of a sudden... It jumped to 12 points. It started at 10, made the jump to 12 when Quinn Ewers was named the starter. So we'll see how much that affects the game. Will Quinn Ewers be back to form as he was the first five weeks? Will he be a little little rocky and uh, a little cold? We don't know, but it's a big game for Longhorns trying to get to that Big 12 championship. And it's a big game for Sonny Dykes, though, trying to seal a fourth victory of the Longhorns before Texas makes its move over to the SEC. Yeah, it's a big game for a lot of fronts. TCU trying to get bowl eligible. Texas trying to get back to the Big 12 championship game and to stay, to stay relevant in the national scene. Uh, big, big things at stake tonight. Uh, you mentioned Quinn Ewers, uh, Malik Murphy. The last time we saw the Texas Longhorns offense on the field a week ago against Kansas State, they struggled. Yikes. Only one yard in overtime, but Texas, because of a bonehead move by Chris Kleiman of Kansas State, Longhorns were able to win that game over Kansas State, but uh, it's tough on the road. We've seen the Longhorns on the road struggle. We saw the Longhorns on the road a few weeks ago against the Houston Cougars, and by the hair of their chinny-chin-chin, they got a win, and they were the beneficiary of a very nice spot by the Big 12 officials that went against Dana Holgerson and uh, the Houston Cougars. Yeah, and you know, here's a fact of this game tonight. Um, TCU's up against the ropes. Sonny Dykes and company, after the the monumental season last year. They've struggled this year. Five losses on the year, coming off the loss against Texas Tech, a game that they should have, could have, and probably would have won if there was uh, 10 more minutes left in that game. So TCU at this point, not only are they trying to find themselves bowl eligible, they are in the business of being spoilers. They want to hand Texas one more loss um, while they can. This is the last Texas and TCU matchup for who knows, 10, 15, 20 years. So those frogs really want to play spoiler to Texas as they they get ready to head to the SEC. I, you know, you're a lot younger than I am, and I hate to see this as the last game for Texas and TCU for a 
for a while. And I addressed it with Steve Sarkeesian a few weeks ago, and he said, Ed, if we play Sonny Dykes and TCU every year, Texas Tech will get mad. Baylor's going to get mad. So I don't know the future of this, but I hate to see. And ironically, this is the second time that Texas will say goodbye to TCU. It happened in 1995 when TCU was not allowed in the, the Big 12, the first formation of the Big 12, and TCU went out west. But it's a it's a, going to be a raucous crowd here in Fort Worth. Temperature, you talked about cool. It's going to be about 54 degrees at kickoff and just a little bit. So brisk weather tonight. So it's going to be a cool night and a great night for college football. How much is that going to affect Quinn Ewers? Playing first time back, playing in cold weather and, and very uh, rocky circumstances with the crowd that is going to be booing him every single time he gets the ball. How is Quinn Ewers going to find his footing back on the field after this time off, especially in the cold weather? You're exactly right. And Malik Murphy will come in if possible. Uh, Arch Manning has made the trip along with Charles Wright, the other quarterback. So don't know uh, what to expect, but I think there will be stability when uh, Quinn Ewers is back there for the, for the Texas Longhorns uh, as they face the TCU Horn Frogs. TCU's quarterback is Josh Hoover. Seven touchdowns and seven interceptions on the years. He's from Heath, Texas. He's a raw freshman. He's had moments of really, really good football. Last week we saw him against uh, Texas Tech on a Thursday night game. TCU had taken the lead. They'd come a long way back. And then, unfortunately for Josh, he threw a, a pick and Texas Tech able to win that game. Speaking of Texas Tech, what a wild game today for the Red Raiders in Lawrence, Kansas as Kansas kicked a field goal with 35 seconds to play to tie the game. And lo and behold, Tech came and scored, uh, had a game-winning field goal right at the end of the game. Uh, they went a, a long way with only 35 seconds to play to win in regulation. Joey McGuire, he, he, I don't really – I don't get it. Look, I, I'm, I'm marrying into the Texas Tech family, and all I hear constantly is, why is Joey McGuire the way that he is? The man does not see a fourth down that he doesn't start sweating and saliving over that he doesn't want to go for. He's a ballsy coach, and today was the ballsiest game I think he's had in his, in his career at Texas Tech um, after Matt Wells uh, made his, 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 his leave for – where did Matt Wells go afterwards? Matt Wells is an assistant coach somewhere. Yes. At OU, OU at thank you. There's Tim. Tim, thanks very much. Uh, he's at OU as an assistant coach. I like the way that Joy McGuire coaches because he kind of coaches like he's, he's got his back against the wall. And going to Lawrence, Kansas, this is the best Kansas team we've seen in a long time. Number 16 in the country, not any longer. But Texas Tech, really, they're playing like TCU. They're just trying to make a bowl game, and they're one step closer to that. They have UCF next week that if, if Texas Tech can get a win next week, they'll be bowl eligible. You know, there was a lot of hopes coming into the season uh, with, with, with Shore. What's his, what's that? Shore, yeah, the quarterback. Shore, the Texas Tech but, quarterback. But Morton has really solidified himself as, yeah. a, as a very good quarterback. So Texas Tech, a great win today, but a horrendous loss for the Jayhawks. I would say one thing about Joy McGuire. I, I don't like his coaching style. Uh, we saw it earlier today as uh, Michigan defeated Penn State. After a touchdown in the first quarter, James Franklin goes for two Instead of making it 14 to 10, they don't make it. It's 14 to 9. And then at the end of the game, James Franklin with three minutes to play went it fourth down and about three from his own 30-yard line. Yeah, no, you and I were watching that together, and and I told I, I kind of gave you the play-by-play. You're looking at your phone, and I said, oh my god, 
There's four minutes left in the game. Four minutes, 15 seconds left. They had time. They could have they could have stopped Penn State or Michigan, and they decided to go for it from the 30. Two plays later, Michigan scores. James Franklin, they got to fire him, right? They have to. A happy Valley will not stand – they wouldn't stand for that. Unless it was Joe Pa, they're yeah. firing that head coach. I, I don't think they're firing him because he wins. But here's the deal. You told me this earlier. He's 4-16 and 16 against Ohio State and Michigan. You cannot, you cannot be relevant in, that, in the Big Ten Conference. They're a good team. They'll go to a bowl game. But that is an atrocious record against those two teams. Okay, and I, look, we have a few minutes left in the segment, and we haven't discussed this yet. But this past week, sanctions came out towards Michigan. Uh, Jim Harbaugh is banned from being on the sidelines for Michigan games due to these sign-stealing allegations. Um, I love how the NCAA, they live in a uh, guilty until proven innocent world. But that being said, NCAA, where are your cojones? Well, this is not the NCAA. This is the Big Ten Conference. Okay. Big, it's the Big Ten potatoes, Conference. Potatoes, potatoes. Yeah. Big Ten Really? That's all you want to do to Jim Harbaugh? That is the most meaningless – you can't do anything. Like, what does a coach do, a head coach do during the game? Maybe says go for this fourth down or call uh, – you know, he'll throw the, the, the challenge flag. Yeah. There's nothing he does. That was the most irrelevant punishment that they could have gotten. He was in the hotel probably texting their interim, interim head coach the entire game telling him what to do. It's only going to become a factor for Michigan when they face – Ohio State the Saturday after Thanksgiving. We even still know. Yeah, it, it is ridiculous. But you got to remember Harbaugh uh, was fined and he was suspended for the first part of the season. Now this. So I don't know how much long this will last. But you got to remember this as we go to break. Michigan is a blue blood and they can do just about anything to want. I mean, you, you saw, though, that they have this us against the world mentality. And I thought this would lead them to turmoil. I'm starting to think Michigan could be the, I hate saying it, team of destiny to go win the championship as a big screw you to the Big Ten. Well, remember, TCU played Michigan last year in the playoffs, and uh, Stunny Dykes was told by Josh Heupel, you better change your signals because Michigan stole their signals. So this is an ongoing problem. It's not right. And, uh, but the bottom line for me, Jim Harbaugh got off early. We are broadcasting live from Fort Worth. Longhorns and TCU uh, in, oh gosh, now about 20 minutes away. Longhorns favored by 12.5 points, but as we talked about at the top of the show, TCU has had Texas numbers a long, long time. Not just Sonny Dykes, but uh, Gary Patterson as well. Ben and I'll be back from Fort Worth after this here on News Radio 590, KLBJ. Welcome back to Fort Worth. This is the End Zone Club on the road. Texas and TCU set to begin very shortly uh, here at TCU. The End Zone Club proudly brought to you by Howry, Breen, and Herman Attorneys at Law, Plains Capital Bank, Covert in Bastrop, Pokey Joe's Barbecue, Sue Patrick at 5222 Burnett Road, Delaware Subs, two-for-one cheesesteaks all day long tomorrow at Delaware Subs, and by S&B Amusements. Longhorns and the Frogs, Ben, and the Longhorns, it's right on the table for Texas from what's happened today in college football. If Texas wins tonight against TCU, Texas can take a major step, not only to the Big 12 championship game, but to a possible berth in the Final Four. I think, you know, Pop, we need to address this elf in the room, and I, you aren't going to do this, but I think I need to. Our listeners know that one of our reoccurring guests, a friend of our, pro- a friend of our program, is the TCU head coach, Sonny Dykes. And we cheer for him every single week, including this week. 
We cheer for him. We want to see him succeed. We are Longhorn people. We talk a lot of Texas football on the show, mostly Texas football. So if you're in Fort Worth and you see someone on the show wearing a purple shirt <laughs> after you hear us talking about the Longhorns week in and week out, and you see the other person on the show wearing mostly black and dark colors, not sporting Longhorn gear, do not get mad at us. Do not yell at us. We have a moral obligation to our friend to root for his team and be neutral in this game. So, with that being said, we got to do what we got to do here. We have to. Yeah, Texas has to take care of business, and we, we are, we'll be on the sidelines, so look for us on TV, and we will not be in uh, burnt orange tonight, but we will be in there on the sidelines. But you are wearing a purple shirt right now. I'm going to say it right now on the air. You are wearing purple. Well, this is the 15th club shirt. This is a... The shirt Scotty and I have. I know that you had strategically made, so this game comes around, you can wear your purple. Okay, I'm wearing the purple tonight. Uh, but this is right in front of the table for the Texas Longhorns. And I think the key for Texas tonight, Ben, we we like to talk about Quinn Ewers and offense. We like to talk about uh, the the running back for Jonathan TCU. Well, well, we, no, we like for yeah. TCU, Amani Bailey, and also Josh Hoover. Yeah. But we, we have to talk about the Texas Longhorn defense. Last week, they t- totally shut out the Kansas State run game. Yeah. And I think that's a big key. And talking with Sonny Dykes for many, many years, he's always said if Texas got better on the defensive front and the offensive front, watch out. I think they have. And they've got Christian Jones back tonight on the offensive line. The defensive line play, played beautifully last week. So I think that is going to be a key for the Longhorns in the trenches to try to limit the big plays by the TCU Horn Frogs. No, yeah, and you know, this time of the year, style points matter. You know, a win is a win, but style points, the, 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 the committee's looking, and we've seen Florida State struggle. We have seen uh, Washington struggle. Texas can, if they get a big victory here, that'll go a long way towards the playoff committee looking at them and say, hey, Maybe Texas needs to be bumped up a little bit. Maybe Texas does deserve this. Um, but flip side, teams love to play spoilers. When you're not going to play for a big bowl game or the playoffs, it, there's nothing more fun than looking at one of your rivals and saying, uh-uh, not today. So Texas needs to take that into account, and they need to play that, that hard-nosed football if they want to be looked at from, at from the committee as a – playoff hopeful it's a it's take care of business night for the texas longhorns that's the bottom line because look tcu has struggled this year after going to the national title game this year uh chandler morris their starting quarterback is gone uh now josh hoover is expected to play most of the game uh chandler morris could come in if possible texas is just flat out a better football team right now and texas has to get over what has happened on the road texas lost on the road to oklahoma late against the sooners Texas almost lost to the Houston Cougars on the road. Texas almost lost last week to Kansas State. I know that Steve Sarkeesian uh, has to get his team motivated throughout the game and try to take care of business right now. We've seen week in and week out, Pop, and we talked about this, and I have been very critical of Steve Sarkeesian for not having an identity. We saw that the first three weeks of the season – Texas's identity was long ball. That's throw it deep. Let's let Quinn Ewers show off the NFL scouts. Let's let him throw it 50 yards in the air and 50 yards downfield. And they have completely abandoned that identity. Yes, Quinn Ewers has been injured, but even, even until his injury, there was no rhyme or reason to Steve Sarkeesian's offense. I'm really hoping tonight that we see a consistent game plan from Steve Sarkeesian. And that game plan is let Quinn Ewers 
throw that ball until his arm needs ice. He is a quarterback that, before the season, was on every single watch list in college football. He was on the Heisman watch list. He, up until four weeks ago on the mock drafts, was a top 10 draft pick because of his arm. He was one of the highest recruits we've seen since Vince Young and Trevor Lawrence. Let him show off his arm. You have a thoroughbred, Steve Sarkeesian. Use him. I will differ you with you a little bit because I think you talked about it earlier. How is Quinn going to be after the two-week two layoff? Missed two straight games, the BYU game and the K-State game. I love the way Jonathan Brooks runs the football. Uh, I think the Longhorns, they don't need to put a heck of a lot of pressure on Quinn Ewers saying that if he's okay, throw the ball. He's got so many weapons out there. Xavier Worthy, uh, A.D. Mitchell, Jordan Whittington, J.T. Sanders, get involved with those big targets, and that will free up some of the running game. No, I agree. You know, the running game, that has to be a focal point for Steve Sarkeesian. So I say I don't want Steve Sarkeesian to have Quinn throw the ball 70 times tonight, but you need to throw the ball a lot. But also, here's another thing. You have Jonathan Brooks, who statistically right now, he is the second-best running back in the entire country. Nobody expected this after the uh, after Bijan Robinson uh, decided to go pro. Nobody expected that Jonathan Brooks would come in and have the season that he's had. He's had. It was very unfortunate last week that we saw Jonathan Brooks taken out at some of those crucial points of the game. Um, so I, I think you want to see Quinn Ewers throw the ball a lot, but also Jonathan Brooks. You have another thoroughbred at running back. So I think I want to see more of a consistency in having a balanced offense, maybe. Um, but there are four players on that offense that are, are game changers. Obviously, Quinn Ewers, A.D. Mitchell, uh, um, Xavier Worthy, and your running back. And I think Jonathan Brooks has been underutilized the past four weeks of this season. So Jonathan Brooks, unless you have to, you don't take him out of the game. And C.J. Baxter is a very good running back. He's young. He's 18 years old. He had a great touchdown last week off of the fourth down, uh, the pitch out, and he took it 60 yards. But Jonathan Brooks is special. He is a special running back. He's young, he's hungry, and he's proven that he can run inside, he can run outside. He's a guy that you can lean on. So I just want Steve Sarkeesian to go back to what he did beginning of the season. Lean on Quinn Ewers' arm, and when you need to, you run him up the gut three plays in a row. As we have looked at scores throughout the day, Again, uh, Kansas State blasted Baylor today. Texas Tech over Kansas today. Things going on around the, the nation. It is a critical time for Texas Longhorn football because, again, Ben, it appears everything is right on the table for Texas, not only to get to the Big 12 championship the first weekend of December in Jerry World against goodness knows who, Kansas State or Oklahoma or Oklahoma State, but the national ramifications with what has happened today, they loom large today. So not only tonight's game here in Fort Worth against TCU, but next week in Ames, Iowa, then the final game the day after Thanksgiving against Texas Tech. And goodness sakes, watch out for Tech now. They've got some confidence, but it's all in front of the Longhorns for the first time in a long, long time. No, you're right, Pop. Uh, this is a, for Steve Sarkeesian, you don't look at the scoreboards. You don't even look at your scoreboard. You just run the offense that, that – took you to the promised land in Tuscaloosa. You play like you did against Alabama, and you shouldn't have any troubles. But you, you need to have a good halftime speech, 
and no more of this funny business second half that we've seen in Austin the past few weeks. Going to be a big chore for Steve at the Longhorns tonight as they face Sonny Dykes and TCU. Uh, about to start in Fort Worth. I'm Ed Clements along with Ben Clements. We're going to shift to talk a little pro football when we return to the End Zone Club, proudly brought to you by Plains Capital Bank. Howie Breen and Herman, attorneys at law, Covert and Bastrop, Pokey Joe's Barbecue, Sue Patrick, Delaware Subs, and S&B Amusements. Back to talk pro football on the End Zone Club, live from Fort Worth here on News Radio 590. KLBJ. Welcome back to the End Zone Club here on KLBJ Radio. I'm Ed Clements along with Ben Clements. Our show proudly brought to you by Plains Capital Bank. Howie Breen and Herman, attorneys at law. Covert in Bastrop. They'll be open tomorrow morning at 11 o'clock. Pokey Joe's Barbecue. What says Longhorn football better than Pokey Joe's Barbecue? Sue Patrick at 5222 Burnett Road. Delaware Subs, two-for-one chicken and beef cheesesteaks tomorrow. Go talk football with Pete Ademski and by S&B Amusements. Ben Longhorns and Frogs about to kick it off here in Fort Worth. Let's talk about the National Football League. The Dallas Cowboys coming off a very disappointing loss on the road at Philadelphia hosts the New York football Giants, Cowboys favored by 17. Before we talk about tomorrow's game at Jerry World, let's talk about last week. Man, oh man, that was so close, and that was a game that the Cowboys really could have stolen on the road from the Eagles. Yeah, Cowboys need a big bounce back today or this weekend. It's strange, you know, in NFL football, you you rarely see lines that exceed you know, 10 to 14 points. It's very rare. You probably see it maybe a few times a year. 17-point spread. So Cowboys, obviously, Vegas thinks they're going to have a revenge game this weekend. Last week, Jerry and the Cowboys know that was a winnable game. And I think, you know, I hate seeing people, that was a good loss. But that's a loss that they, they can take in stride knowing when the Eagles go to Dallas, they can handle their business. That was a game that they should have and could have won against the best team in the NFL, Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown and that explosive offense. The Cowboys, uh, they're on a good train right now, and I think they're going to get a big win um, this weekend against the, the Giants, a team they've notoriously been good against. Yeah, Dak's something like 11-0 the last last time's 11-0 against the Giants. Last week, Dak didn't have the huge mistake but then again, Dak did not make the big play. He had the miscue on the two-point conversion. Uh, they threw it under the goal line a couple of times, and then he had a bad sack late in that game. Evaluate, evaluate Dak's play. It was not bad by any stretch. He had a lot of yards. But still, to me, Ben, in all these years, Dak still not does not have the signature win. No, you know – on paper, he's having a pretty damn good season. 13 touchdowns on the year, five interceptions, 2,000 yards passing. You know, you and I, and I think really all of, of, of sports talk media has gone back and forth with Dak Prescott, and he is a very good quarterback. Like you said, he doesn't make the big mistake a lot, but we're waiting for Dak to have that signature game for the season because we haven't seen that yet. We have not seen him have the 500-yard game with four touchdowns and zero interceptions. He does make small mistakes here and there, like the two-point conversion. That was questionable to me because he had that open lane. It was like Vince Young in the national championship. Run from the corner, you got it, but he took a little too wide of an angle. So little things like that, I think play calling gets in the way with Mike McCarthy's play calling and Dak. You know, you talked about the uh, the, the, the throwing beyond the goal line uh, on that would-be touchdown things like that. Dak can only do so much. And, you know, when C.D. Lamb is good, 
Dak Prescott looks good, but when CeeDee Lamb can't get open, there's not much that Dak can do besides going to Brandon Cooks or trying to find, you know, one of his other receivers. The problem with the Cowboys right now, they fell to 5-3. and three. They've got the loss to Philadelphia, San Francisco, and the fluke loss to the Arizona Cardinals. Philly is 8-1, and one, but even though I think Philly's the best team in the NFC, they look exceedingly, exceedingly beatable, which I think the Cowboys will beat the Eagles when they come back to Jerry World. Cowboys just need a little help from other teams. Oh, I mean, yeah, the, the Eagles are, are beatable, but... As of right now, they are the clear best team in the National Football League. I think they're even better than the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, obviously, the 49ers, they have fallen off a cliff. But the Cowboys, I will still consider them hopefuls for the Super Bowl. They can beat the Eagles, especially at home. I, th- I expect the Cowboys to beat the Eagles at home. It's just, it's the same old Cowboys. We really, we don't know which team is going to show up because I did not expect the Cowboys last week to look as good as they did against the Eagles. And it helps when you have such a tremendously gifted defense like Jerry Jones has. It's going to be a strange game tomorrow at Jerry World. The starting quarterback for the New York football giants, the fame franchise, is going to be a guy named Tommy DeVito. Tommy DeVito's a quarterback. He played at Syracuse. He played at another college. He's the third-string quarterback. The dude, God bless him, still lives with his mom and dad in New Jersey, nine miles from the stadium. Uh, I think the over-under, will he complete five or more passes? This should be just a, a thrashing by the Cowboys. Thoughts on Tommy DeVito. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, is this Danny, Danny DeVito's nephew? It's his nephew. I, I just made that up. It may it's be. Nephew. There are a lot of DeVitos up there. This guy sounds, he's from New York, right? This guy yeah, is a Italian. You know he has a grandfather that knows somebody that knows somebody that robbed somebody back in the day. Look, four losses in the last five games. No Daniel Jones, which is not really missing much. But you got to start some guy that sounds like he's selling hot links on the corner. This I get why it's a 17-point spread. The Cowboys just need to take this game easy. You're not going to lose this game. And I, I, I hate saying that in the National Football League, but you're not going to lose this game. So get healthy. They need to get Turpin healthy. They're, they're really their they're electric punt and kick returner who had a, a fantastic game against the Eagles. Sit Turpin, get him healthy, and let Dak get back into a mode where he's confident. Let him make his reads, simple passes, Probably hit the long ball as many times as you can to get everybody's confidence back because you can take that Eagles loss in stride or you can, you know, ponder on that thinking, what could you have done? But this is this, in my opinion, is the best kind of bounce back game for the Cowboys. Can you imagine Tommy DeVito, that first play on offense, he looks over and sees Micah Parsons, and he's going, what am I doing here? I think the Cowboys' defense can shine tomorrow. The Cowboys' defense had a a few miscues, but it wasn't a terrible game for the Cowboys' defense last week. Uh, I think the Cowboys, even though they're behind Philadelphia, I'm I'm with you. I'm I'm looking forward to this last half of the season uh, for the Dallas Cowboys. No, yeah. So the rest of the season, you know, we got Giants this week, then Cowboys go to Carolina to take the, take on the one and eight Panthers. That'll be a very another uh, confidence game. Then they host the Commanders, who are four and five as of right now. But that team, their luck will run out. And then they then they they host the Seahawks, who surprisingly are five and three uh, with Geno Smith at the helm. But and after that, they do host the Eagles. So these are four very important weeks for the Cowboys to kind of get their swagger back before the rematch against the Eagles, which will be, you know, obviously an electric game. It will be Sunday night football. So 
this is all building up until the Eagles rematch. I just can't can't imagine them losing in the next few weeks. Seattle will be a handful because of Pete Carroll and Geno, but they can get really, really right before they entertain the Philadelphia Eagles. Pop, okay, so you know we're we're over midway through the season. Mike McCarthy's first season with the Cowboys uh, as the play caller. Well, what what grade would you give him so far? I, I would probably give him a B, or maybe a B plus. I still don't like his game management, but uh, the Cowboys' offense really is not the problem. I think some some decisions by Dak in the Philadelphia game, but overall, I like the play calling. I don't think it's dropped off since Kellen Moore has gone to the Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah, I disagree. I. This is a very simple offense that works. Mac McCarthy's been long enough. He's been around long enough to know, you know, he can analyze his offense and he can pinpoint what will work. And it's worked so far, but I do miss a little bit of the excitement of the Kellen Moore offense um, from the last few seasons. Uh, but whatever works for Deck, and I'm not saying he's a simple-minded guy as quarterback, but. Simple offense, simple reads usually work for Dak the best. He's not going to go run the ball. And when you have somebody like C.D. Lamb, you bring in Brandon Cooks, who's a deep threat. You know, it, it worked for the Cowboys so far. But I hope to see the rest of the season Mike McCarthy can really open up the playbook and get creative. I'm really loving the way C.D. Lamb's playing. This guy is just golden out there for the Dallas Cowboys. If he stays healthy and Dak progresses, I look for great things for C.D. Lamb, who's who's not uh, who gets sort of uh, overshadowed by all the elite receivers in the NFL. But I'm getting him, uh, putting him up there with the elite very, very, very quickly. No, I do too. And I think the biggest surprise for the Cowboys this year has been the tight end, Jake Ferguson, who has three touchdowns on the year, matching C.D. Lamb's three touchdowns on the year. Yeah, the Cowboys notoriously, going back to the Tony Romo, Jason Witten days, they thrive when they have a reliable tight end. And I think that really is kind of the bread and butter for NFL. A good tight end goes a hell of a long way uh, for an offense, and it's a quarterback's best friend. And Jake Ferguson has been a solid, solid player for that offense. Cowboys and the New York football Giants tomorrow afternoon on our sister station, 102.7 ESPN. I'm Ed Clements along with Ben Clements. We're broadcasting from Fort Worth with the Longhorns and TCU. When we come back, we'll look at the rest of the NFL schedule for tomorrow right here on the End Zone Club on KLBJ Radio, brought to you by Plains Capital Bank, Howry Breen and Herman, Covert and Bastrop, Pokey Joe's Barbecue, Sue Patrick, Delaware Subs, and by S&B Amusements. Back with more NFL talk when we were Turn to the End Zone Club on KLBJ. Welcome back to the End Zone Club on KLBJ Radio. I'm Ed Clements along with Ben Clements, Longhorns, and TCU here in Fort Worth. Our End Zone Club proudly brought to you by Plains Capital Bank, Howie Breen and Herman, Covert and Bastrop, Pokey Joe's Barbecue. Sue Patrick at 5222 Burnett Road. Delaware Subs, two-for-one cheesesteaks tomorrow all day long. S&B Amusements, and of course, by our friends at Dirty Martin's Place, where we'll be there next Saturday before the Longhorns at Iowa State. Ben, it's a full NFL schedule tomorrow. I'm intrigued by a few games, most notably the 49ers at the Jaguars. 49ers have lost three in a row. They get Debo Samuels back tomorrow. The Jaguars don't look now AFC, are 6-2, and two, and the Jaguars are getting three points at home. I know you've got the association with the Jaguars with your friend Zay Jones, a wide receiver from Austin High. Your thoughts on this game? I got to tell you, I like the Jaguars to win tomorrow. 
Yeah, um, it's going to be a good game, and I I love the Jaguars. The 49ers coming off of three straight losses. Brock Purdy has looked – he's looked like Mr. Irrelevant these past three weeks. And, you know, Debo Samuel being out last week really hurt the 49ers. But this is – it looks such – so so different. It's I don't know what happened because the 49ers had this this – aura about them that they'd run it down your throat and when Christian McCaffrey needed a break they would find Debo Samuel or uh, Ayuk deep and they kind of abandoned this so I love the Jaguars Trevor Lawrence is looking fantastic right now hopefully Isaiah Jones our buddy can get back in the game he's been injured um, the past few weeks but this will be a close game but as mu- the Jaguars I love them this week, but 49ers also desperately need to get a win. Desperately. They, they they really do. Jaguars, I saw Trevor Lawrence on the Manning cast on Monday. He's great. And they're just quietly going about their business in the AFC. Again, they play the 49ers and the Jaguars get three points. Also tomorrow, the upstart Detroit Lions play in Los Angeles against the Chargers. The Lions still in first place in the NFC North, but surprisingly, without Kirk Cousins, the Minnesota Vikings are chirping at their heels. Your thoughts on the Lions at the Chargers? Mm, I've liked the Lions a lot this season. Um, Justin Herbert, you know, he's gone back and forth with me. He uh, He's having a good season, 13 touchdowns on the year, four interceptions, uh, 2,100 yards passing. Jared Goff, though, has also looked fan freaking tastic and he's kind of he's gotten his footing in this Lions team who have been just you know disheveled for what is all of history they look like they have they're building something it's they're not going to go win a Super Bowl this year maybe not next year but with Jared Goff playing the way he is I think the future is looking very bright for the Lions, and this is the best team we've seen from Detroit in a long, long time. You know, Jeff and I talk about on our show on 1027 ESPN, it could be the Cowboys have to go to Detroit for a playoff game, which could be very, very interesting. I like Jared Goff. Uh, I just like the Chargers. I just like Justin Herbert and their team. They have one of the craziest coaches in the NFL, Brandon Staley. Just imagine what the Chargers would be like from a coach who wasn't as goofy as Brandon Staley, but I think that's going to be a terrific game. You know what's interesting? So the you know the spread is uh, Lions minus three, and yet I'm looking here, sixty percent of the of the money right now is on the Chargers. So I don't think the public is trusting Vegas right now. I, I love the Chargers tomorrow getting points at home. There's another game I'm excited for. Um, it's uh, well, let me just let me put it properly. Each fru mich auf der Deutschen Football. Uh, translate, please. Very excited for the Germany football game. Crazy again, NFL in Germany, and this is a really terrible game tomorrow morning. Yeah, you know, it, with 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 in the NFL trying to expand, you'd think they'd take on better games. Like last week was a fantastic game, uh, Chiefs and Dolphins. Um, and Dolphins. Um, but yeah, Colts Patriots. Mm. This and I bring this up because I I wonder what the future holds for the Patriots. They have been the patriarch, the staple of the NFL for two decades now under Tom Brady. But at one point, is New England and and Bobby Kraft going to have to make a change at the top? I think it's going to have to be sooner than later. We know that 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 he signed a new contract, but 
Yeah, all contracts can be broken, but this this New England franchise is just in a terrible place. Mac Jones is not very good anymore. Uh, granted, he's not had great coaching with his coordinators, but uh, this is a strange, strange game. And I, I, this this game could this is not a good game to to market your 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 teams or their league in Germany. I just I just bring this up because the Chiefs have taken over the mantle of. They're not a dynasty yet, but they are the face of the NFL. And so I just wonder what's going to happen with the Patriots and when they're going to have to sweep the entire, the entire building. One of my favorite teams is at home tomorrow, the Baltimore Ravens, hosting the Cleveland Browns. Uh, the Ravens are favored by a whopping six and a half. Lamar Jackson, he got his money, and he's playing lights out. I've always liked Bar- Baltimore. They've got the good Harbaugh as a coach, but I, I think they, they play defense now with Lamar Jackson. He's got receivers, and of course, our friend Justin Tucker. They're favored by six and a half over to Sean Watson and the Browns. No, yeah, Lamar Jackson, he, he, he's proving why he deserved to get that money. I love of the Ravens this week and a little side note on that I was looking at a um a a precursor to the upcoming draft and I saw the you know it's too early for that but I saw on one of the mocks I saw I've seen on multiple multiple mocks A.D. Mitchell going to the Ravens next year so how about that A.D. Mitchell's having a terrific season for the Longhorns and that AFC North Division all of them have winning records. All the teams have winning records, and the Browns have a winning record at five and three. The Ravens are seven and two. Pittsburgh a winning record, and the Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals are coming back. They got a winning record too. I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, the one team, if I was in the NFL, that I would not want to see right now, that is the Cincinnati Bengals. They look terrible to start this season, but Joe Burrow has found his footing, and they look. Dynamite. Joe Mixon at the running back position has looked fantastic. He's the go-to. Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase have reconnected that 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 duo that we got to know in Louisiana. Now we we get to see shine in Cincinnati. The Bengals, in my opinion, as of right now, are the hottest team in the NFL. The Bengals are at home tomorrow against. I'm going to say it, the red-hot Houston, Texas, C.J. Stroud is outperforming every rookie in the National Football League's 14 touchdowns on the year, only one interception, over 2,200 yards. I think the Bengals will win tomorrow because they're on a row, but boy, has C.J. Stroud really opened a lot of people's eyes. No, I'm happy for C.J. Stroud, you know, him getting overshadowed um, by Bryce Young in that last year's draft. There was a lot of discussion. Do you take Bryce? Do you take uh, C.J. Stroud? And C.J. Stroud has kind of proven the naysayers, hey, I might go to this 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 program that has not been good, and they probably won't be very good for a while. But he's proving that he is better than Bryce Young. He should have been that first pick in the draft. And Bryce Young, flip side, looks miniature out there. Oh, man, he looks like a, just a, a middle school player. You know, the Texans, even though they will not make the playoffs this year, they're going to win more games because they've got just great leadership, great coaching now, and, and C.J. Stroud. It's going to be interesting tomorrow to see if the Bengals – uh, win tomorrow again, which I think they will. They've got to because the Ravens uh, are right now 7-2. and two. It's a great time to be an NFL fan. I say that. There are really, really good teams, but sadly, Ben, we saw on Thursday night the Panthers and the Bears, really, really bad teams. Yeah, that was, uh, that was unfortunate. That was really unfortunate, and 
You think Carolina is regretting taking Bryce Young number number one overall? I think I think they are, but he just doesn't have much help at all, and he doesn't have a good offensive line. He just doesn't have much help. No, he doesn't, and he just looks so so freaking small. He looks tiny. He looks he looks like a baby. It's like the comparisons to Kyler Murray back in the day, except he doesn't have Kyler Murray's speed. Uh, Panthers are bad. That was a horrible game, but we're at that part of the season where we're gonna get these terrible terrible primetime games and we just have to deal with it but it's football we love it you know it's like pizza baby it's football we love it we love all pizza okay cowboys and the new york football giants on our sister station 102.7 espn ben it's been fun thanks a lot enjoy texas and tcu we'll be back at dirty martins next saturday at five o'clock before the longhorn iowa state game at seven o'clock for ben clements and thank you g back at the studio and scotty sayers thank you so much this has been the end zone club right here on news radio 590 kbj see you next week at dirty martin's place